0: You can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Allison. Hi, Bola. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome back to the podcast you've been on before.
1: <laughs> yes, I love coming back on for podcast interviews. It's like catching up with a friend. Yes, I am
0: really excited to have you back on. We're going to be talking about how to get on the same page with your partner when it comes to money, because this is something that many, many, many people in relationships are working on, trying to deal with, or even being challenged by. And this is such a great topic. You are also launching a book on this topic called Money Made Easy that's coming out soon. So I'm excited to just have you share about making money easy with our partners And then talk about your book as well. So, for those people who are tuning in for the first time or may not have heard your prior episode, please tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your book that's coming out soon.
1: Of course. So, my name's Allison. I am the founder of Inspired Budget, and I have not always liked budgeting. I've not always had a really great relationship with my money. It was really born out of a necessity for our family. And during the process of paying off over six figures worth of debt with my husband on two teacher salaries, I came to love the control and peace of mind that managing my money well gave me. And after that, I launched this entire business and I've now written a book, Money Made Easy, like you said. And it's it's about (laughs) really like, you know, personal finance is just that it's personal. And so what works for me might not work for you, Bola, or might not work Mm -hmm. for your listener. And that's okay. I think that Money Made Easy, my book, it really offers a variety of solutions to help people write a budget that works, pay off debt, and truly have a better relationship with their money. So it's less of a do exactly this and more of a choose your own adventure type book. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you have lived through
0: what you've written about in your book because you mentioned it. You were on episode 171 of the Clever Girls Know podcast, and you talked about how you and your husband paid off over $111,000 of debt on two teacher mm-hmm. salaries. So if you want to hear the play by play of Allison's story to getting here, please check out that episode <laughs> 171. So let's dive into this particular topic of getting on the same page with your partner. and. One of the things that I think one of the foundational things when it comes to finances in the relationship, if you're trying to get things set up and structured is the idea of how do we combine finances or not combine Mm -hmm. finances, right? So is there a better option (laughs) than a joint bank account for some partnerships? Because I've seen in many situations, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't work for some people, right? So what Mm -hmm. are some alternatives to this joint everything? And listen, don't come for us. If you are a joint person, it's perfectly (laughs) fine, right? To have those joint accounts, but it's not for everyone, right? So tell us about that.
1: Well, I think that it definitely depends. Nothing is going to work perfectly for every single person. And in terms of, We can't all just do exactly the same thing. It's just not going to work. For instance, my husband and I, we do have joint accounts, but my parents don't. It doesn't work for them. And after many, many, many years of marriage, they know that. And so they have a solution that does. And a solution that I love, honestly, and I almost wish my husband and I had done this from the beginning, but we didn't know this was even an option, is having a joint account for bills and then having a separate account for spending money or really what you're in charge of spending money on. So we kind of do this. My husband is actually a contractor for my company. He edits my podcast episodes. (laughs) So I pay him as a contractor. He has a completely separate checking account. He spends that money how he wants. It's his spending money. If he wants to treat the kids to dinner out, he can. If he wants to buy a new grill, he can save up for it. And it gives him full autonomy over that money. And he can spend guilt-free and not have me trying to maybe control him. And I think that that's a beautiful way for couples to still work together, have a joint account that covers the bills and then have a separate account for your own needs, your own spending and your own savings goals.
0: I love that approach, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes with joint accounts, people think that it needs to be all or nothing. Mm-hmm. We have to have everything or joint, otherwise we're failing with our finances. But I love the idea of having joint accounts for bills or maybe certain savings goals that you guys are working on together. And then for other things, maybe like, you know, your personal expenses, getting your hair done, dinners with your friends, that's separate where you don't have to explain why you spent $5 <laughs> on exactly. nail polish and that kind of stuff. So that's a good approach for people who are trying to find a balance of making mm-hmm. the joint account work.
1: Exactly. And then there's also the option of just having completely separate accounts where mm-hmm. you almost split the bills. My husband and I did this when we actually lived together before we were married I would send him money to cover part of rent and then I would cover certain bills for streaming services and then he might cover the utilities. So we found a way to split it to where it made sense. Now we were making about the same amount of money. So we pretty much split everything down the middle, but I personally love the idea of splitting by percentages on how much money you make. So, if one partner makes a lot more, let's say that she makes more, then you know maybe she has a bigger portion of the bills than her partner does. So, I personally love that more percentage separation of finances because I think it's more fair and just more realistic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically the conversation that you need to have with your partner as to okay, how are we going to split the bills? Who's going to pay for what? Who needs to send money to home? And kind of like and even maybe you based on the percentage of your incomes, right? How do you Mm -hmm. decide, is it going to be 50-50 or is it going to be a percentage based on who earns
1: more? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also okay to realize that when you set up a new system for your finances, whether you decide to go joint altogether or you decide to separate out some of the finances, it's going to take time to get used to it. And you're always able to make changes. So if you do set up a 50-50 split with the finances and you realize, whoa, this really isn't working after three months, then have that conversation and move it to 60-40 or 70-30. There mm-hmm. is not something that says it. What you choose at the beginning is what you have to stick with forever, And which I'm thankful about because it leaves us room to grow and change.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, some couples get caught up in the, okay, we had the conversation on how we're going to split the bill and I have to pay 50. I have to pay 50. my car Mm -hmm. broke down. I had (laughs) emergency, my, my family, you know, I had to do this, but I have to pay 50. I have to pay 50. And they're so afraid to have the conversation again. But Mm -hmm. like you said, what happens at the beginning, the decision you made in the beginning doesn't have to stay that way. Or maybe some months, you know, if you need support, your partner needs support, things Mm -hmm. change your percentages can also change, but it's all about having that conversation and both of you talking to each other is so incredibly important, right?
1: Yes. It's interesting because I feel like so many couples don't want to talk about money. I mean, we Mm -hmm. come with some money baggage, money trauma, it's taboo. We don't know how to have a conversation sometimes rationally about money, but money seeps into our life every single day for the rest of our life. For ever. So why would we not continuously have these conversations about it? It's only natural. I mean, I share, you know, my husband and I are raising two kids together. They're in our lives every day. We have to make decisions about them all the time. We talk about them all the time. Why would it not be the same with our money?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why don't we have this conversation about money? Mm -hmm. Is it like there's, because the longer we put off the conversation, Mm -hmm. the less often we have the conversation, the more the resentment builds up, the frustration builds up, the anger builds up. Mm -hmm. But sometimes the conversation itself can be very, very difficult to have, (laughs) especially if you guys have thought about money before. So it could be very touchy. People perceive money in different ways. So I always Mm -hmm. say like, we, everybody in a relationship, you, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship, because if you're talking about splitting bills and joint Mm -hmm. accounts, this is a serious relationship or a long-term relationship. You know, your partner's love language, you know, the angle to which you approach them by to try to have a peaceful conversation does not lead to a fight, right? Right. So you need to leverage that. Obviously it's Mm -hmm. a two-page straight. It's not just you trying to do all the work. They have to make the effort too, but you want to leverage that as opposed to allowing it to get to this point of a fight, but you just have to find ways to talk about money. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always tell people, it doesn't have to be a long drawn out conversation. Like mm-hmm. I just had a money conversation with my husband over text and it's literally like five text <laughs> messages and we were done. <laughs> and it's okay, okay, sure, fine, okay. And that conversation for me was easier to have over text because mm-hmm. maybe if we're in person, I would see his face. He would see my face. Why are you making that face? Why are you making that face? <laughs>
1: That's true. And then it becomes something else. (laughs) Yeah, it becomes something it doesn't need to be. And you know, in my new book, Money Made Easy, I actually have an entire chapter dedicated to working on money with your partner because it is such Mm -hmm. a big, important part of a relationship. And I share a story about how I used to, when Matt would come home from work, I would, I just tend to get, when I was teaching, I would get home before him. And I would immediately just, bombard him with money questions or money conversations as soon as he walked in the door. And that would always lead to frustration on his part, which I understand. I had time to come home, slowly unpack, get myself in my like home mind. And then I was not giving him the same opportunities. So in the book, I actually have a list of things to do to approach a reluctant spouse, how to actually budget and work on your money. Even if your spouse says, you know what? No, after trying to communicate, some people are just going to have this wall up, but that doesn't mean that you don't have the opportunity to budget or manage your money better or have a healthy relationship with money. So I even talk about that as well. I mean, ideally we want everyone to communicate and work together hand in hand all of the time, but we don't live in this perfect world. So I also try to give away some advice and tips to people who will be doing this alone, whose partner isn't on board or whose partner is reluctant. And they need this time to come around to the idea of working together when it comes to their money.
0: Mm, And I have a couple questions for you about partners not on board. But before I get to that, speak on this like line of communication. One of the things that you talk about in your book is weekly money dates to help couples get on the same page. How does a weekly money date work? And share some tips to make this enjoyable and practical and not a fight or a blow up. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I like to think of it as, okay, this is going to sound like maybe a weird analogy, but every year twice a year I take my kids to the dentist without fail I might not enjoy the process they might not enjoy the process but we go and we get through it and it's a it's a non-negotiable in my book I see money dates also as a non-negotiable and it used to be the same as going to the dentist I wasn't looking forward to it but I just kind of pushed through it until one day my husband was like hold on let's make this a little more fun. And I'm so thankful he did because we started having a glass of wine or we would talk about other things besides just money. And that allowed it to feel more fun and less businesslike. So Mm -hmm. we get together every Sunday night. Sometimes we just do it at dinner while the kids are around. Sometimes we'll have our weekly money date after dinner. Maybe the kids go off and they play or they go upstairs and hang out and we sit back and we continue to talk and we don't just talk about money because our our entire relationship doesn't revolve around money, but we talk Mm -hmm. about anything we need to do during the week. We talk about our meal plan. We kind of get on the same page and what is so wonderful about this is because we feel like we're on the same page at the start of our week, the rest of our week, Bola, we are able to just talk to each other about other things. And it's not this like back and forth business of being in a partnership, but it's funny things that have happened, interesting articles we read, shows we like, and it allows us to enjoy that relationship without having this nagging thing of we need to talk about this every single night, we get it all done on Sunday. And I look forward to it because I know that we're on the same page and Mm -hmm. that we won't have any miscommunications during the week that lead to frustrations or resentment because we got on the same page about our money, about our spending, about our meal plan. I mean, just everything (laughs) at once. And I think it it
0: becomes easier because Mm -hmm. it's now something that you both are doing Often. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, it just feels like part of your normal weekend conversation, Saturday, Sunday yes. to do. It's not like this huge production mm-hmm. that you need to execute because you actually don't talk about money often, right? Exactly. When, like, when you have a conversation frequently, there's less overwhelming thought to it, mm-hmm. which allows it to just happen. And then it happens quickly. You move on. Okay. This is our plan for the week. Okay. We're saving for that goal next year. Okay. Retirement savings, XYZ. Oh, great. Amazing. Exactly. How about that glass of wine?
1: Keep it moving. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing is, you know, anytime we wait and we put something off, it grows and grows into this almost like this monster procrastination machine. And the same is true with these conversations. When you have them once a week, they're not overwhelming, they're not lengthy, they can be fun. And I just really appreciate the peace of mind I have that we're on the same page. Yeah. And that's what I like the most about it. It fills me with joy. And I love that my kids are seeing that, you know, if we were, yes, if we were in this conversation where we were arguing about money, I wouldn't necessarily want them to see that, but they see us having open conversations about money and about life every single week. And I'm trying to teach them that this is how communication works. And when you leave, this is how, you know, one day when you have a partner you have children or friends, this is how you communicate properly with them because we have to be taught that. We're not just born knowing how to do it. So one way to do that is to have these direct teachings with them, but then also to show them and teach them through our own actions. mm mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the challenges when it comes to relationships and money, right? Specifically around financial boundaries and responsibility while Mm -hmm. still trying to be transparent about managing your finances together, because a lot of couples face situations where, okay, We've set a plan. We're going to do 50-50. You're going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for that. We're going to do 40-60. We know our responsibilities. But then when it comes time to actually act on what we're responsible to do, one partner is like, oh, I don't have it today. You pay. Oh, I'm going to, I don't, you know, I can't do it. You pay, I don't, you pay, but it's not like a one-time thing. It becomes this ongoing thing where you guys agree to a plan, but the other person is not sticking to what you agreed to. It could be you not sticking to it. Maybe you need -hmm. need to listen to this or it could be your partner (laughs) (laughs) that is not sticking to it. So how do you define those boundaries and just make everybody responsible for their responsibilities, Mm -hmm. right? To avoid conflict in the relationship because it does happen.
1: Yes, I think that if this is happening and it's a pattern, patterns are telling us something. So this mm-hmm. pattern is either telling us that number one, one person Maybe the percentages aren't right. Maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, if you're constantly struggling with covering the full utility bill, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board and see if we need to change up the percentages, or maybe I cover the utility bill and you cover the all the streaming services that might be a little bit less. It's okay for that to happen. In fact, we find ways to change and really make our money better and easier for us when we start noticing those patterns. Those patterns should be little signals to us that something needs to change. Instead of resenting your partner and getting frustrated with them all the time, go back to the drawing board and say this. Another thing is that maybe this person needs some other outlet for their money because they are spending their money on what should be the utility bill, but they are spending it on something else. So maybe their budgeted amount for going out to eat or drinks with friends or, you know, beauty things, maybe that's not a realistic amount. So they are using the money for the utility bill and kind of putting it over where they want. So maybe they need to work on a budget and coming up with a solution that works so that way they can then prioritize the other bill that is part of theirs. So I see it in two different ways and it's more about like diagnosing the issue. So that mm-hmm. way everyone understands what's going on and a new plan is put into place for that. Yeah,
0: because I think sometimes part of the issue is that people will just start to build resentment into the yes. regurgizing the plan and saying, hey, listen, partner, this is not working out. Let's restructure and mm-hmm. the plan. These are the things that we need to pay for, like, that conversation—it maybe was easy to have the first conversation about creating the plan. Yes. But now, calling out the discrepancies, <laughs> yes, it's a harder conversation to have. Then you start to build the resentment, and then you continue to watch the pattern build, but nothing mm-hmm. is being done about it.
1: Yes, I think it's also important to remember that nothing in life goes as planned. I mean, when yes. you can yes. step back and remove your feelings and frustrations about the situation, we can say that the first plan is not always the best plan. And when we become frustrated with a partner or even ourselves because our plan isn't going as planned, it's okay to not necessarily get mad at yourself and try to shame yourself. It's okay to go back and rework the plan and find a plan B, because sometimes plan B is better than plan A. And so mm-hmm. being able to look at it like that is going to help with the resentment. And you can also approach it like that with your partner. So you're not jumping on them and saying, Why don't you have this money? And you're not doing your part. Instead, you're saying, I'm seeing some patterns. Plan A isn't working. Let's come up with something that does work. So that way you can do your part. I can do my part. And together we can have a financial situation that we're both comfortable with.
0: Yeah, and that also applies if you're feeling like, well, why am I the one that's paying for all of this?
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: a lot of people feel that way too. I'm the one that's paying for all of this. I know they can help, but you have to have that communication. You don't want to let their resentment build up. And maybe they could, they could push back and say, well, you have more money or you make more money. You have more mm-hmm. savings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you make less money than me, but you have more savings. Something like There's always there. I've heard all kinds of different, mm-hmm. you know, conversations around money as to why one person is not paying this, that. But again, you guys need to come to a middle ground Mm -hmm. upon approach to it. Mm -hmm. And it could be a hybrid. It doesn't have to be something that's like so structured, right? Maybe every other month you pay for this or you get one and a half times of this every two weeks. You figure out how you can make Mm -hmm. them. There is no template blueprint that you get on the internet and you just slap on your personal finances. with your Exactly. Both of you sit and say, okay, this is what we're going to do because this is what works for us. This is how we're going to make it work for us. This is how we're going to compromise. This is how we're going to structure. You know, Maybe it could be revisiting from month to month. Maybe one of you has an inconsistent income, Mm -hmm. right? And that's causing part of the issues with the financial boundaries and responsibilities and who is paying for what consistently. So maybe it's on a month to month basis. You say, okay, Mm -hmm. incomes are inconsistent, but we know next month we're going to get paid this, or we got paid this yesterday. Let's talk about today's plan for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. So exactly. Communication is foundational here, right? So next question for you, Allison, is what if I am a saver and my partner is a spender? How do we balance
1: this? Oh my gosh. So you are describing my marriage. (laughs) My husband is a saver. I am a spender, which I'm sure most people would not expect that. I love spending money. Like, Bola, it's problematic. (laughs) I love it. I get like this high. I'm just like walking on clouds. I'm like, this is amazing. And then I come down and I'm like, wait a minute. This wasn't everything (laughs) I thought it was. But, you know, just naturally, I like to spend money. And naturally, my husband doesn't. And so we used to get in arguments about this. And he wanted a budget that was so stringent and tight and fit his life. And he says he will go on the record. Actually, he has gone on the record on my podcast and said, one of the things he did wrong was almost trying to force me into his ways and not Mm -hmm. giving me enough freedom in my spending and not understanding that just trying to force this square peg round hole situation. And (laughs) that can backfire. Thankfully for us, it really didn't. But in many cases, it can. So I would say definitely compromise. For instance, for years, my husband received a lot less spending money in our budget, our category than I did because he didn't want it as much. He didn't need it as much. And we, while some people might say, well, that's not fair, Allison. You get $100 and he gets $50 sure, it might not have been quote unquote fair, but it was what worked for us. And in our eyes, it was fair. And he didn't hold that against me at all. So for us, for me being a spender, the ultimate goal is how can we make sure we are intentional with our money and we do everything we can to stay on track? That's our goal. So if that Mm -hmm. means Allison you get more money to spend because that would allow you to stay on track, then that's what we did. And fair is not always gonna look the same across the board. So for us, it meant having open and honest conversations about that. It meant me coming to him and saying, there are times I just crave spending money and I need to talk to you about it because I need to just talk through these issues going on in my head. Like I will literally crave spending money. It's not probably not healthy. And he would listen to that. And then sometimes, you know, I might just get a little bit of extra money, but it has to be this open communication and you have to set up the relationship finances for success. And that looks like compromise. That looks like if you get a big tax refund and one person wants to spend it All on a trip to the beach, but the other person wants to save every single penny. Well, maybe we spend half on a little mini vacation and we send half to savings or 70, 30, finding a compromise. Because when you're in a relationship, I think, I mean, I think we can just say that you're not always going to get your way, right? That's not the relationship Mm -hmm. I want to be in. (laughs) We have to compromise. I don't always want to get my way and I don't want him to always get his way. So it's about finding that middle ground and being open to. Just because you might be a saver or you might be a spender, your partner doesn't think the same way about money and that's okay. It doesn't make them wrong and it doesn't make them right. It just makes them who they are.
0: Hey everyone, before we continue with this podcast episode, I'd love for you to check out the best-selling Clever Girl Finance book series. There are three books in the series and the first book is Clever Girl Finance, Ditch Debt, Save Money, and Build Real Wealth. The second book is Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. And the third book is called The Side Hustle Guide, Build a Successful Side Hustle and Increase Your Income. You can also check out my fourth book called Choosing to Prosper, Triumphing Over Adversity, Breaking Out of Comfort Zones, Achieving Your Life and Money Dreams. And this book highlights my personal story to building a business of impact and challenges you as the reader to dig deep into laying out what you truly want to accomplish for yourself. I wrote each of these books to empower women just like you to achieve your goals and get to the point where you're living the life you desire on your own terms. If you love these books, be sure to tell your best girlfriends and they also make the perfect gift. These books are available everywhere books are sold and you can purchase them as ebooks, audiobooks and also physical books. And you can also ask your local library to order them as well. Thank you so much and let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I agree and I mean, when it comes to money, like trying to force somebody into a situation Mm -hmm. can just create all kinds of other issues, right? Yes. I think giving the partner that space to be who they are when it comes to finances without derailing your goals and without Mm -hmm. causing conflict is important. So how do you figure out ways to do that? It could be okay. You've met all the financial obligations. It's okay that whoever that spender is has a spending account, right? Where there's no guilt, there's no questions, just blow it however you want to blow it, but make sure the bills are paid.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Right. That's Make exactly sure you, right. you contribute to the savings account. It's all good. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And that's so true. And then just realizing like every person's definition of the way it should be is not going to match your way. It's not going to match my way. And so just finding some sort of compromise that you're both happy with, even if it's like, okay, you get $500 to spend on whatever you want in March. But in April, you're going to get 100. And we're going to send that extra 400 to savings. I mean, it could be this back and forth thing. And honestly, me having that almost set money as an allowance, and I know allowance makes us feel like children, but I always want to be as young as I can be. So I'm striving for youth. But That allowance, it taught me as a spender, okay, to question what I wanted to spend my money on Mm -hmm. and what was worthy. Exactly. Prioritizing what I really wanted. So that actually taught me many things as a spender. And it didn't frustrate Matt because I could spend it on whatever I wanted on and he didn't care. He didn't have to worry about it because I had that money in my wallet as cash typically, or maybe you have it as a separate checking account. It doesn't matter. As long as we're being responsible and we can trust each other, that we're not gonna go into debt or sabotage our finances in some way.
0: Yeah. So I think sometimes it's seen as a bad thing if one partner is a spender. Being a spender is not a bad thing, right? Mm -mm. If you like to spend money, it's perfectly fine. But it's as long as you're not doing it at the expense of mm-hmm. a bigger priority, right? Exactly. You may decide that you want to buy coffee every day. You need to get your nails on every week. You need to do whatever it is you want to spend money on. You just love to go to that store and spend your money. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure that, okay, you're spending money, but you put your money in these goals you have. You've done exactly. the savings you plan to do. You've paid your bills. Everything is checked mm-hmm. off. Then fine. Spend your money, right? Life is too short to just pay bills and die. I know honestly, exactly.
1: Right? And invest every penny and then die. Exactly. No, <laughs> you, you want to create a balance where you're still able to. The mm-hmm. whole point of
0: the money is a tool to allow you to do the things that matter to you, right? A lot of times, when mm-hmm. people who are spenders, they're spending on things that they enjoy, that they like, right? Spending mm-hmm. addictions, stress spending, those are a separate category. But in the instance where you're staying on top of your your goals, you're meeting your financial obligations at home you guys are looking at the things you have planned in the future and you guys are all good, you have emergency savings put aside, you're saving towards emergencies. It's okay to give yourself some leeway. There's no guilt in spending money. Absolutely. So the idea that the spender is bad and the saver is good, delete that from your mind. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. So let's talk about setting
0: goals together when we have different priorities <laughs> and approaches to money management. <laughs> I love so it. We might decide, like, no, we want to buy a house in five years, but everything else is different. Okay. Mm-hmm. All our other goals, our priorities when it comes to money are completely different. Okay. So, yeah. how do we kind of like set goals together when we have different approaches to money management? So, this mm-hmm. is kind of like similar to the spender saver, you know, like as a spender, as a saver, how do I mm-hmm. say set goals with my partner so that we can actually achieve these goals without conflict? He wants to buy a house. I want to move to the Caribbean. How do we come to the middle ground? Like, what do we do? How do we you buy a, goals together?
1: You buy a house in the Caribbean. <laughs> exactly. I think it's important to realize here that it is wonderful to have joint money goals. Like that is fabulous. I think that having something for you both to work towards that is meaningful for you is wonderful. However, that doesn't mean that you can't have your own separate money goals. Yeah. Something that you are saving for, for just you or for just yourself. I'm gonna give you a classic example here. I have decided that I want to take my children on a fifth grade surprise trip. When each of my children is in fifth grade, I'm going to pull them out of school and I'm going to fly with them, just me and them, to Universal Studios for like three nights, two days in the parks, surprise trip. And so I'm actually doing that next month with my son, Evan, and I'll be doing that with James when he's in fifth grade. I this is something that. that is not a priority for Matt. He thinks it's stupid. Well, not stupid, but he, that is not something he would want to do. He doesn't like going to theme parks. He already gets so much time with the boys when they do different campouts with Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, but I don't have that time. So it's a priority for me. So I will set up a separate savings account for me to fund those trips. And I know exactly how much I need to have. I know how long I have until I do it. So I can set aside money for that savings goal that has nothing to do with him. And it's, it's okay. That's okay Mm -hmm. for us to have different goals that we want to spend money on that don't necessarily have to do with our partner. So I would say, yes, find joint goals that matter to you both, but then have a goal that you want to reach and you want to achieve that doesn't have to do with your partner. And maybe that goal is to surprise your partner with a vacation. Mm -hmm. Maybe that goal is to buy something new. Like I would see my husband wanting to like, getting a brand new fancy grill, setting aside money for a goal like that, that has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with something that brings him joy. And that's okay to do that. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I
0: also would say that specifically as women, especially if you are a caregiver, you, you know, we we give so much to our spouses, our children, Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you have such a, Busy household, so many things that you're managing as mom, as wife, as career woman, as businesswoman, as all the different hats you wear: cleaning lady, laundry lady. I just, <laughs> I just talked to you about laundry was.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: Master chef, teacher, homework, homework doer.
1: <laughs> yes, carpooler, doctor, nurse, yes. <laughs> driver, Sha- yeah. yes, driver, yeah, <laughs>
0: chauffeur, gardener, all the things that we do. <laughs> As women in our households, it's easy to get lost in giving to other people that we don't do much for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that we have our own goals separate from our children, Mm -hmm. separate from our partners, separate from joint things, just something for us, just that something Mm -hmm. special for us that we want to do. Because there are so many women I talk to that they have their own personal dream. They want to learn a skill. They want to go back to school. They want to do this in a business. They want to do this in their career you know, it's just something that's meaningful to you. You want to have that goal and it's okay mm-hmm. because your partner will also have his own goals or their her own goals. My husband has his own goals that are separate from mine. Like there's certain things that I want to do that are independent of him, of my kids. This is just mm-hmm. blah, right? And that in a way, makes me feel happy it gets me inspired it yes. me motivated especially on days where I feel like I've just given so much of myself to everybody and I have mm-hmm. nothing left to give to myself and I like, wait a minute I do I have that goal I'm working on that's just for me mm-hmm. right so it's okay I love it
1: and I think in a relationship you know so often I think especially when we're first married I mean I'm going on year number 12 in my marriage I'll be we'll celebrate 12 years this summer. Mm -hmm. I think at the very beginning, it's easy to just think that you have to do everything together. And that's just, it's just not true. You know, it's good to have interests and thoughts and ideas and dreams outside of that. And does that mean that that person can't come along for the fun and enjoy it and celebrate you? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, look at me writing a book. This is not my husband's goal at all. <laughs> this is exactly, a, exactly. Like he, he never wanted to ever write a book or start a podcast or start a business. And I set aside time and energy and money and, and, you know, parts of me into this. And he gets to kind of, I get to take him along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And it's fun for me to do that with him and have him along for the ride. But it's not, one of his goals. And that's okay. He can still celebrate me in the process and be happy for me, even though it's not a part of who he is and what he wants to do in his life.
0: And I would also say that when you have something for yourself that you're working on your own goal, because you have Mm -hmm. something that's just giving you personal joy, you're able Mm -hmm. to be your best self when you're giving yourself to your kids, your family, your husband, like you're just able to be because you know that, you know, yes, I'm happily doing this, but I'm for everyone, but I'm also happily doing this for me. So I wanted I to that. ask you to share just in terms of how you have navigated certain financial conflicts. It's always interesting to hear <laughs> financial conflicts in your relationship. How did any example,
1: if you feel like sharing, Oh, oh you, I can share. You and your husband navigate financial conflicts so, as we already established, I am a spender, and I go through seasons where I spend more money. And the perfect example of this is like November, December, during holiday season. I'm already buying items. We've, you know, we save all year long and sinking funds and in like an online high yield savings account to cover holiday gifts. But because I am the person in charge of buying all of these, and because I am shopping more, I tend to fall into this shopping craze because I'm doing it more often. And so then I start shopping, shopping, shopping. And what I'll do, Bola, and this is, I I have a history of doing this. I'll just own it. Is I will put everything on the credit card and we pay our credit card off in full every month. Perfect if we have, if I'm buying all of our Christmas gifts and I'm spending, let's say $1,000 and I spend $1,000 and I transfer the $1,000 that I set aside for Christmas out of savings and I pay off the credit card. That is a perfect situation, but I am not a perfect person. So I would start shopping and a couple of Christmas ago I did this and I would start buying other things because I just, it's like it's like if you give a mouse a cookie kind of situation. I was shopping and shopping and it drove to more shopping of things that were not on our list and were not budgeted for. And so we would have to start pulling money out of savings to pay off the credit card bill. And I remember my husband and I could feel it. I knew I was doing this. <laughs> one time after the kids went to bed, he sat down on the sofa next to me. And I was just probably on my phone scrolling Amazon, just seeing the goodies that were waiting for me to buy. And he said, I wanted to talk to you about something. And I just knew. I mean, that moment, I was like, Oh, gosh, here it is. We're about to have the conversation. And he said, I've noticed that you have been spending more money. And I just broke down and I said, Yeah, I know I have. I know." I know I've been doing it. like it's. I feel like I don't have control. And he was like, okay, so let's come up with a solution. So that way you feel like you can gain back that control. And we're not pulling money out of savings every month, the way we have been. And the way he approached it was with so much grace and so much empathy, because he knew that I already felt bad enough. He didn't need to come sit down and be like, what the hell are you doing, Allison? He knew I already knew it was a problem. And I was already giving myself a hard time. And so we came up with some boundaries around spending because I almost needed to detox myself of using the credit card. Now we do have some of our standard bills come out on our credit card and I'm never tempted to overspend on you know, my water bill that comes out on my credit card. So we came up with some solutions. He said, okay, how about if there's any other Christmas gifts, I take over the Christmas shopping. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, you can do that. And he said, let's make another pact. I said, what? He said, we will both not use the credit card on unplanned expenses unless we talk to the other person and agree about it. Mm-hmm. And I needed that. I needed that. And it, was, it wasn't, Allison, you can't use the credit card unless we talk about it. It was you and I both, because we're okay. in this together even though I knew he wasn't going to, because that's just not his nature. But it felt like, okay, now I have this you know, accountability system and it was put in a way that was very empathetic and kind. So that way I could kind of just rein in my spending and feel that control over my money again. So that's mm-hmm. definitely just that financial conflict, I think being navigated so beautifully, where in the past, it wouldn't have been like that. And that yeah. took years of getting to that point instead of pointing fingers and saying, what's wrong with you? Yeah, and you spend that, yeah. You just exactly. Figure, okay, this is the problem, what's the solution? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Looks- and then approaching it with grace and empathy and yeah. understanding. And that's that judgment right there, and shaming, yeah. Yes, and that was the thing for me was the moment I would be judged and shamed, I'm gonna shut down. And so he has learned that by doing that mm-hmm. in the past and me shutting down. Or be like, I'll show you. And the whole and situation gets worse. Exactly. And so by navigating through those types of situations, he now knows how to approach me when I do have a spending problem. And I know that when he comes to me, he's not going to be doing it over a $5 latte. It's going to be over something that's that's big. <laughs> and usually I already know that.
0: Yeah, that's I love that approach. And again, it's, it takes knowing each other. It takes, again, being able to communicate with each other. It takes taking a deep breath. And understanding mm-hmm. you're going to have to come to compromise and knowing that shaming and judgment thats you know where. For me, so I used to be a super saver, saver, saver. And now I'm a saver mm-hmm. spender. I'm a hybrid. <laughs> that's good. That's Which wonderful. We must save. We must, we must save mm-hmm. this amount before I can be a spender and lose my mind, whatever. Ooh. So I would always tell my husband, you know, these are the 10 things we're saving for this month. And then I would go check the accounts and he hasn't put any money in any of the accounts. Oh like, no. What do you mean? We're saving for these 10 things. Like you're not putting any money in these 10 different places. Like and it will cause this conflict. <laughs> What's wrong with it you? I'll do it later. I didn't have time. I'll do it later. So it'll become like this like conflict, like attitude. Like, I don't know why well, you could buy that thing, but you couldn't put money in the savings account. You could do this, but you couldn't do it. <laughs> and then one day he's like, okay, how about I just give you the money? Oh, there you go. And you put it in the accounts. And I swear to God, yes. that was the last time we've ever had a, it's not even a conversation and anymore. Like on mm-hmm. X day, the money hits the joint account and it gets put into the accounts. So that's it. We've never had a that. discussion, an argument about saving for any goals ever since. And it was so obvious, but not so obvious. Because mm-hmm. all I could have said is, okay, if you don't have time, give it to me. I'm the obsessed saver spender. I'll save, save it. But for some reason I was like, you should do it. You should Mm -hmm. do it. You should do it. But then him not doing it makes no difference because the outcome I wanted was I Mm -hmm. wanted to see the money in the accounts. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I didn't care who did it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's wonderful because you know your strength. So like for me, we have the same type of situation. I mean, same type of things. There's things that I don't want him working on the budget. I don't mind. I, I, I love know, it. I want control over it. I don't want, no, I don't want anybody on the budget. Yeah, like you, you. I'll come to you with the completed budget. And if you want to suggest some changes, that's fine. But like, you're going to forget something. You don't remember that every 11th, we have to send $70 to the piano teacher because James has piano lessons once a month. Like, you know, it's those things that, but I also enjoy it. If he took it away from me, I would miss it. Yeah. So it's it's knowing your strengths as well. I love that. Yeah, I'm similar in that regard. Like I want to be able to
0: plan this. I want to be able, I will send you the mm-hmm. reminders of what needs to be paid, whatever, but don't like, yeah, so, but don't, just don't like, try to do it for just, me. I, I need to, I need to see the plan executed. <laughs>
1: I love that. I think that's We wonderful. need the execution. The plan exactly. is yeah, great, but
0: like we need action. Exactly. <laughs> Put the money in the account.
1: Yes. And if you're oh. not going to do it, let's automate it. So that way I don't have to get annoyed with you every time and you if, don't do if it. it's
0: supposed to be there by 2 p.m. on Wednesday, <laughs> I
1: need to see it there at 201 because I'm going to log in and check at 201 to make sure that it's Oh my there. gosh. I think you and I are the same person in that regard. It's the details. We're <laughs> detail oriented, Bola. That's what it's called. It's not called controlling, it's called detail oriented.
0: <laughs> oh, this has been great, Allison. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you have to tell everybody what your clever girl superpower is.
1: Oh, my goodness. My clever girl superpower is breaking down concepts in ways that it's easy to understand. And, you know, I used to be an elementary school teacher, I taught for 10 years, and I definitely had a talent and skill set of teaching. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, just something about being able to break down, especially financial concepts and ideas and processes into ways that it's easy for specifically women to understand and think about their money in a different way. So that's definitely my clever girl, super powered, not something I ever thought I would be good at, but I'm so happy that I am.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And then finally, tell people that are listening where they can find you. Tell us again about the name of your book, where we can pick up your book and all of that.
1: Yes. So if you're listening to podcasts, I have a podcast called the Inspire Budget Podcast. You can hop on over there and listen to my episodes. And then my new book, Money Made Easy, is available for pre-order. You can order it anywhere you get books. It is so wonderful. It really is a way of me breaking down different financial concepts so that way you can figure out exactly what's going to work for you and your family because we're all unique, personal finances, personal. And I want it to be a way for you to make money, which you're gonna deal with for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. a simple and easy and a, a happy relationship altogether around for you.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that well we'll put all that information in the show notes and thank you so much for coming on again to the podcast to share your amazingness and congratulations on the book again
1: thank you so much (laughs) Bola this was so fun
0: thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it if you've loved the episode but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.